Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside, repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. This is a HeadGum Podcast. Welcome to A Few Things, where we give our greatest discoveries the podcast they deserve. I'm Claire Mazur. And I'm Erica Cerullo. This show is brought to you by Avakind. Find out more and sign up for our newsletter at avakind.com. Nailed it. It took us three times three to get that intro, huh? Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> it was Interesting. all my fault. Yeah, it's fine. First I said all your lines, and then I didn't say, <laughs> I was so scared of t- stepping on your toes. That you don't want to say, say your own name. No, that's right. <laughs> oh, um, what's happening? Okay, I have I have an important update. Tell me. So you know how a couple episodes ago we talked about the National Alpaca Show that was in Peoria, Illinois, that I... I do. Westminster, watch your back. <laughs> watch it. Yeah. Um, well... My friend Paige listened to that episode and immediately texted me and was like, I was there. Which, it's interesting that you still refer to your, her as your friend, given that she was there and she didn't tell you until this, until um, she this, heard you talk about it. It's very interesting because I, it's pretty much what I said to her. I said, I can't believe, she said, I can't believe I didn't tell you. And I said, and here I thought you were such a great friend. Yeah. Yeah. So, so okay, we're okay. on the same page here. So the good thing is, is that she brought back some intel. Okay. With she's like the our alpaca correspondent. Mm, um, I love picturing her with a microphone and yeah, a, a she's like the Samantha Bee of our Daily Show totally. or something. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So, so number one thing she learned: mm-hmm. the wool of some of these alpacas mm-hmm. was a thousand dollars an ounce. <gasps> wow. Here's something that here's a thought I have about it. How fancy is my taste in farm animals? Oh, so fancy. <laughs> so I mean, fancy. You have purchased most of your alpaca uh, items at high end clothing stores in Brentwood <laughs> Country Mart. So, I've also purchased alpaca yarn. Yeah, um, not yeah. there. Okay. Not there. Mm-hmm. Um, That's and true. then I visited those alpacas. That's right. Um, I can't remember what wedding we were at. Maybe our friend Amanda's wedding and Zach's wedding. Yeah, I think that um, was I it. went and visited some alpacas yeah, and bought some yarn there. Anyway, um, I didn't learn any of these facts there. Okay, yeah. here's something else. Speaking of fancy. Yeah. Alpacas have to be kept in air conditioning. <gasps> of course they do. Because well, they, they're so furry. They And they have to stay cool, which is why they live in the mountains of Peru. Oh. They need that. that they need Wait. That. <sighs> this is embarrassing, but I never connected until right now that both... Alpacas and llamas live in per- are like Peru animals. So how do people tell them apart? 
not well. I don't tell them apart well. <laughs> um, How do they tell each other apart? I'm sure they know. I hope like they twins. know. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I hope they know. I hope they know. Okay. And then third, they hum when they get nervous. <gasps> Cute. Cute, right? Cute. I feel like some humans do that too. Yeah, totally. That's Don't you really just love endearing. all this alpaca yeah. intel? Yeah. Wow. We know so much. I also have a niche interest update. I don't know if this is niche anymore, but go ahead. <laughs> um, I just, I've, an, I've announced it on my Instagram, but I just wanted to make sure everybody in our podcast audience knows um, this long national nightmare is finally over. It seems that HDVB has been restocked. Hagen, vanilla bean. Yeah, has been restocked at most, um, most places. Most places where you can get ice cream. Yeah, that's right. Um, so thank you all for letting me know the various places across the country where you found it. Had a lot of people be like, I'm in Austin and it's here. Um, do you think that that the national consciousness mm-hmm. um, of this um, flavor of, of yeah. this flavor or if, or if just of the shortage helped to resolve the problem? Or do you think the problem was resolved by other means? I think it was resolved by other means. Okay. I'm just being honest. But what I do hope is that somehow you're putting your ego aside. Yeah. 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 If I'm yeah. being completely honest. But what I do hope is that the national consciousness about this flavor is just noticeably raised. You know what I was surprised by? Mm-hmm. Um, there were multiple people who got in touch with you and were like, mm-hmm. I tried vanilla bean for the first time. Yeah. And I was like, truly? <laughs> like, what have you all been doing no, that you're not eating this ice cream? I know. I felt the same way. What? I feel like people think other things are more exciting. And I've been guilty of that at a time in my life, too, uh. where I'm like, I need all the treats inside. I need all the goodies. I need the caramel waffle cone. Yeah. And then I don't. And then you just have this and you realize, actually, you don't need any of that. Yeah. Um. Just. Yeah. Just purist. Just a just real purist. Pure. I mean, you know, you need hot fudge sometimes. You don't yeah. even need that. But yeah, totally. I yeah. get it. No, the, what's interesting is that I've been trying not to eat so much because um, this shortage or the 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 ending of the shortage coincided with us needing to get an important photograph taken. So I was trying not to just eat a ton of ice cream leading up yeah. to that moment. Yeah. But I'll tell you what, Friday night, it's on. Yeah, totally. There's two pints in my free. You and Chris <laughs> both got it for me. And yeah, I, totally. So, yeah, it's pretty exciting. Yeah. yeah. Um, interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, something else you wanted to talk about briefly. Uh-huh. Are the new permanent collection by of a kind pieces on they're the site? So, they're so pretty, very sleek, very yes. sophisticated. Yes, um, there is a high neck tank and there's like a midi floaty skirt. Why in... is there nothing more flattering than like the most perfectly fitting crew neck that just like skims the bottom of your neck? I just I think know. it's so flattering. I, don't know. It is I think very it flattering. makes your neck look longer. To- it at least makes you hold your neck up yeah. like taller. Yeah, I just really am into it these days. I, it related to this photo shoot. I've been pu- we've been pulling together looks for it. And I'm I'm only interested in a crew neck. It turns out I've only that's been looking true. for a crew neck. Oh, that's interesting. I know. I huh. don't know. I just decided that's it for me. Huh? I Fascinating. Mean, one day I'm sure I'll bear my my upper chest Your again. Yeah, <laughs> my clavicle. But but for right now, it's all about a crew neck for me. Um, I wore. Speaking of mm-hmm. photo shoots, I wore this um, PC look. Um, for when we got photographed by the New York Times, <laughs> as we do, <laughs> as we did once, um, it was really it was exciting. Just the one for us. time, um, and you looked freaking great. Thank you. you I wore, wore the, the navy, navy version. One. I yeah. wore the navy one, um, but I can't decide. Yeah, I'm like, I was going to ask you which color you were going to get because then I was going to get the other one. I know. I, I know. Either. I know. Um, so I was 
originally leaning toward the oxblood. I was I feel thought like that, you would too. Yeah, and that color looks good on you. I, I think I, I yeah. think I am going to get the oxblood, but yeah. I did really like how I looked at the navy in pictures. It looks so it's great very on hard. You. But I think that I should get the oxblood, and mm-hmm. that you should get the navy. Right. I think we should just settle it here. Should, we're done. We we're did done. that. We had God. that conversation. Check I that can off. cross that off yeah. my <laughs> list of things to talk to Erica about. <laughs> good. Oh. Um, I told you I was going to make a controversial statement, and yeah. I am. I. These these pieces look incredible together. They look so sleek. All you have to do is go to our website and see these women. Thanks and like, for covering because that is how I wore them for this photo well, shoot. Well, yeah. it's like head to toe sleekness. Yeah. It's, it's very sophisticated. Separates. It looks really yeah. good. I'm also very into monochrome dressing these days. Yeah. Um, but weirdly, I'm actually more into these pieces with other pieces. Like yeah. I'm, I'm into them having a polyamorous relationship. Interesting. Um, I think that if you look on our site, the sh- the, the, the navy shell, shell yeah. with white jeans. Oh, my God. It's so chic. It's so good. And that's what's happening on our website. And then I just feel like that skirt with like a little light linen sweater. So cute. Well, um, a woman on our team, Melanie, just bought mm-hmm. the skirt. Um, yeah. And I'm interested. And she bought the skirt by itself. And I'm interested oh, to see so how she styles on, it. She's thinking I'm, the same I'm interested thing. to see how she, she styles She'll it. Do it. She'll do it. She'll do it. She's been thing. wearing like a tissue turtleneck recently, which I imagine. I just will. bought a tissue turtleneck. Did you? And God knows where it is. I feel like I ordered it so long ago and it hasn't shown up. <laughs> Maybe I look should look into, into that. that. Yeah. It was from it was um yeah anyway if you want to try this skirt or this tank with tissue turtlenecks or white jeans or yeah. together yeah use the code a few things for 10 percent off it's really good okay Okay, so we are here with Olivia Milch, who we met her. When did we meet Olivia? At a dumpling party. At a dumpling oh, yeah, party, and we so were immediately obsessed, obsessed. with her. Um, she is a screenwriter who co-wrote the upcoming Ocean's 8. No big deal. And she wrote and directed her first feature film called Dude, which just came out on 420. It's a story of four women in the weeks after graduation, or before graduation. Starts, last, it's like right before. Yeah, no, because yeah, it the last two yeah. Senior yeah. year. Yeah, yeah, yeah senior yeah. year. Uh, starring Aquafina, who we're all now so obsessed, also obsessed with, and Lucy Hale, and it's on Netflix, and you should watch it immediately. Um, I noticed you didn't give Lucy Hale any qualifiers, but she was a star of Pretty Little Liars. No, I, I, I think people know that. <laughs> Do you know what though? Um, Chris, who obviously gave me so much shit for watching Pretty Little Liars, in the middle of watching the movie last night, turns to me and goes, "They're all such good actresses, and they, they really are. are. I mean, the acting act- is phenomenal yeah. in this film, but." I was like, oh, now you now you think he was like, she's so great. And I was like, yeah, she was on it Pretty did, Little Liars. It did win me. It did win me over for her. Yeah. yeah. That's one of the things. Lucy is so incredibly talented and has been mm-hmm. acting for, you know, over a decade. Yeah. yeah. But she is primarily known for this role. Well, on none of her projects liars. spoke to me before. This was the first Lucy Hell <laughs> project very, that spoke to me. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, yes. And, yeah. and I was she is so talented mm-hmm. and is in almost every scene in this film and she's such a, a phenomenal actress and she's so skilled and she's honed her craft so well mm-hmm. um, and she's such a team player yeah, you know, yeah, in yeah. terms yeah. of how much she shouldered uh, on this production and I just felt so grateful to have her as my lead and I can't wait for the world to get to see her in this role. You know, a lot of people are like, oh, you know, Pretty Little Liar gone bad. And yes, there are. No, it's no, not. It's, it's, it's not. if Tracy Flick used pot to take the edge off. Absolutely. It's I like think. she's so, and, is, and was a little body, basically. I, yes. Can we talk about, how do you describe the movie? Because this is interesting. Because I feel like the. Thank like, you for asking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because I think that like the first couple times we heard about it, it was like, oh, it's like a stoner comedy with high school girls. 
But it's not real. It's like so much more complicated and interesting than all that. Well, I appreciate my what I like to say is it's a Trojan horse of a stoner comedy, <laughs> but really it's about rape and death. I love the high school genre. I well, same, 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 same. same. Yes. And that was like the way that I would describe it to anybody is it's like Empire Records, Days to Confuse, but for our time. And they but don't we have make to throw movies. in a little bit yeah. of uh, Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. Yes, Thank that was you. which I've never seen, but Erica felt strongly about that. I believe it. Appreciate it. Means a lot. Good. It is, it's <laughs> meaningful to some. There is yeah. a generally, there's yeah. a period of time yeah. where that movie really spoke to us. And I think that movie showed relationships and friendships that were complicated and long-term. Totally. And but they, evolved. like, all genuinely loved each other. Yes. They weren't, nobody was trying to fuck anybody yeah. over in that exactly. movie. Exactly. Yeah. Even when, yeah. That's one of the things that, that I love mo- most about watching female relationships is I think that they tend to be some of the most caring and committed and intimate relationships yeah. yes. out there. And for the most part, we're, we really try to to love and and protect and serve the other women in our lives. Yeah. We are all human beings. Of so we course. make mistakes and we fuck up and we hurt the people that we love. But most of the female I relation- relationships I've been privileged enough to be a part of yeah. and to witness are, are founded upon the idea that you want to be good to each other and you want to help the one one another be in the world. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to see friendships that were like that. Yes. And I and I love that and, and thank you for mentioning Empire Records. I mean honestly, well, it, Rexy, you're so sexy. Like it means everything sugar high. Like well, I there will were die so for- many moments. That and Dasting Infused for me were yes. so formative. And the thing that I left I would get sad after watching those movies because I wasn't in those universes. And I sort of felt the same way about yeah. this movie. And it's like and they're not none of them are super plot driven. It's just about this universe. Yes. And it but it holds your attention and you don't want it to end. Yes. That that slice of life element was really important to me mm-hmm. because so this genre dazing of views fast times of richmond high yes. empire records but you know and all the way to super bad and mean yeah, yeah. i i love those i mean and of course John, all of john i was going to say yeah, yeah. Exactly. and even american graffiti like mm-hmm. going back like this mm-hmm. is a a, a long running genre yes. and, and a world that i think everybody feels very connected to in part because of the nostalgia yes but and that feeling of wanting to be a part of these lives but a lot of times with these films, particularly when they centered around young women, which mm-hmm. is not often, no. um, it was about losing your virginity or getting their beard like yeah, clueless. Yeah, yeah. It was, ex- and mm-hme. obviously clueless is right. the was, holy. That's yeah, like yeah, the yeah. one we're leaving out, right? Yeah, so that's but same the, same idea exactly, and 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 that's real and that's true. Mm-hmm. But but I found that that period of time in your life was actually the the time when the first real shit happened to you. Yeah, when, yeah. When you're People you knew were parent. Their parents were getting divorced, yep. or somebody's family member was sick, or the first young person you knew died. Yes, and that was the real shit that was happening, and you were dealing with in between getting high in the car with your friends and yes. having sex for the first time, and yeah. and the big game and prom and all that stuff. The kind of Lisa Frank laminated calendar of life events that you kind of think are all going to be really meaningful sort of end up being the filler in between time yes. when. The real shit is happening to yeah, you. Yeah, and yeah. And I wanted to tell that story and 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 plot, you know, and I didn't want it to be about losing virginity. Yeah. And, you know, them, whether or not they're going to end up going to college together is is sort of that, the thing that it's gives a it a theme. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah a yeah. time stamp and a little yeah. bit of that it kind of. It has an arc. It drives exactly. it forward a little bit. Yeah. Yes. yes. But, yeah. but really what I was interested in is spending time with them. Yes. And, and I'm so glad you felt that way because I want to enjoy spending time with characters yes. and I want to see particularly female characters that have self-respect mm-hmm. and self-love and also respect and love yeah. the other women around them and 
you know, for the most part, are trying their best. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And because and, it's fun to be with those kind of people. Yes. You know, I wanted to be able to have a good time with these characters. And um, and for me, you know, in part, that was really representing what it felt like to be an 18-year-old woman getting high in the car with my friends, figuring out life. One question I had about that, I had kept having to check myself while watching it because I think that there is an inclination on the part of just like general sort of like media criticism when looking at women, uh, sort of like stuff that's targeted at women, whether it's like Taylor Swift or like a movie that's targeted at women to be like, oh, well, it's, you're not setting a good example. And that's obviously not the purpose of all art. Did you have a, a did you have a sense of responsibility in shaping the storyline to say like, oh, am I setting the right example for an 18 year old who might be watching this? I, yes, in the sense that I was a huge stoner in mm -hmm. high school. Yeah. And I was president of my school and captain mm -hmm. of my soccer team and editor of my paper and a committed friend and a committed community member. And all of those things are not mutually exclusive. Yeah, that's right. And I, it really frustrates me that the representations of stoners, yeah. in quotes, are, tend to be lazy and apathetic. Right. Or like, it's like, slacker. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, yeah. And you don't ever see women do that. And, yeah. Um, I think that that's part and parcel of a larger problem where we don't want complicated, complex, nuanced female characters right. who happen to be a whole bunch of things. Right. Um, you can you can be a straight A student and want to have sex and want to smoke pot and also really care about your family and you can be all of those things on the same day and yeah. feel those ways and that's what it means to be a real person and especially I think being an eighteen year old woman, their eighteen year old girls are a lot more sophisticated and in touch with their emotions and and what they want and experimentation in yeah. terms of what they want. Um, that's really the prime time for it. So I wanted to be true to what that experience was. I also, you might like notice in the movie they 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 drink every mm -hmm. once in a while, but they're not wasted. Yeah. And, no, no. And for me, growing up in California, mm -hmm. I was always a designated driver. Yeah, and I was it, a designated driver. I yeah. was too. Yeah. Wow. Just a room full of designated drivers. Just a room full of Type A control <laughs> freaks. That's right. That's right. Um, and but in part, I wanted to see. I think it's really great to put out there for especially for young women, mm -hmm. like if you're stoned, you know, you're, you're what you're capable of. And of course your abilities might de diminish in some ways, but I would much rather somebody be stoned in a, in a tight situation mm -hmm. than drunk. Yeah. yeah. I think it's a lot safer. Mm -hmm. um, and I think you, you're able, you know, there's obviously parts in the movie where certain things happen. And I don't think that there is like a cause and effect. Like if you're on this yeah. then this yeah, happens, yeah, yeah, but yeah. Um, I, I think weed is wonderful um, mm -hmm. when done in, you know, in the right ways. And I also think that it's what life is like at yeah. that age, or it certainly was for... It felt like a, tru a truly authentic representation of how these things go down. And I, part of the reason I asked too is because, you know, like you said, you deal with rape in this movie. Yeah. And I was grappling with sort of how it's dealt with. And the thing I said to Erica is it felt so authentic to how, to how this would happens. happen. Um, and there was and like how it would be dealt with or not dealt with after. And that was the thing. I, as a viewer, wanted greater retribution, right? Yeah. There but was the no true Veronica Mars, no. like, I'm going to figure out who did this. It wasn't, yeah. you know, there, she knows who did it. But it, there wasn't this, like, this is going to shape my entire life and this is going to be this thing that, you know. And I'm going to, you know, take him to court or whatever right. it is. That yeah. doesn't happen. And I want that to happen because, because yeah. the part of me that wants everything to be a lesson for young women was like. And for well, everything to be okay. I, yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. For To say, this is really serious and you've got to do something and go tell the adults. Mm -hmm. But she doesn't. And, you know, there's some retribution and it's acknowledged that it is what it is. But um, and but the thing I at the end of the day said, but it 
this movie is very much an authentic representation of high school and that felt like an authentic way of how that stuff happens you tell your friends he gets kind of yeah kind of kind of tell them yeah he gets you know uh need in the balls and Mm -hmm. and yeah that's it yeah that the representation of consent or lack thereof is something that's incredibly important to me Mm -hmm. in this film and in other stories that i tell in part because it's not something that we get to see that often. Yeah. And it's part of the reason why I think issues around consent are really yeah. difficult for young people and particularly young men oftentimes yeah. to really understand because it's not represented in our media. You are you see people making out against the wall and then it's like, boom, slam on the bed. And it's like, woo, that was great. You know, like we, <laughs> yeah. we cut out all the messy stuff that happens yeah, yeah, in between. Yeah. And there's another s- intimate scene yeah. in the film where there is affirmative verbal consent. That's right. And yeah. And, there's and it's a done thing, in a very sexy a, way. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. And, and it, there's a thing, there's like expression of gratitude for being asked. Exactly. Yeah. And that, and showing the juxtaposition between that kind yeah. of experience That's and right. how it can be sort of beautiful and uh, collaborative and shared and affirmative mm-hmm. and continuous and vocal. Juxtaposing that with oftentimes, I think, what what we we experience yeah, more yeah, often yeah. in these situations as young people is the gray area yeah. is the I consented up until a point and and I I went into this room of my free volition mm-hmm. and I wanted to be here but then I didn't and yeah, I yeah. expressed that and all the and then that and wasn't that was shut understood. down yeah. And, yeah and all of a sudden there was a barrier yeah and that feeling of is it my fault yeah yeah, yeah. that I was in that room in the first place yeah. and thus because I because I and I asked, can we go to the realm? Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. I wanted to go and and then wondering how that implicates you and, and how that makes something real or not real mm-hmm. or what actually happened. And that exploring that gray area was really important. Well, and you witness the character grappling with yeah. it. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you somebody who is as confident and, you know, self-possessed as Lily, as mm-hmm. this character is to go through something like that. I think is part of the realization that that somebody who thinks they have the world figured out, which mm-hmm. I think sometimes as an 18-year-old you do, right. is grappling with the fact, oh, I, I don't necessarily know how everything's going to work and I don't always have control of the situations and and sometimes I need to protect myself more or, so, or I just need to – or I need to be open to the fact that there are going to be horrible things that – And I'm going to need that people. That happen and I'm going to need people. Yeah. Um, and the way that she deals with it with her friends sort of – not saying anything I think is symptomatic of a lot of young women who go through experiences like this and they sort of think it's okay, I'm yeah. tough, like, you know, it's kind of not the best night, but I can kind of suck it up and get it together. And I think that response ultimately ends up um, really hurting and yeah. creating a lot of pain and trauma that people don't deal with. And, mm-hmm. and part of the character's response to it is um, to to lash out. Um, and that is something that, you know, I think sadly a lot of us are familiar with mm-hmm. both in our personal lives and through the experiences of our friends and um, representing what that really feels like, you know, rape, this that term or date rape or sexual assault. And, you know, this what happens in this film, you know, I would probably put more towards in those latter categories, yeah. um, although I think different people watching it would have different experiences. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's really interesting to talk to men after they watch huh. it because it's I think it's a really conflicted experience for them. Um that that experience uh, is like really profoundly shapes you, and I, yet I think a lot of young people don't necessarily have the vocabulary to, right. to talk about yeah. what it yeah, is. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, can you talk about the process of 
actually making this movie. This is the first movie you've written and directed, like by yourself. The whole thing is all you. Just you. <laughs> it basically no, no, it wouldn't you have did happened it all without you. Oh my goodness. <laughs> uh, well, I think it's it's exactly the the opposite of that. Is how it happens <laughs> is that it's you have so many people who are there at every step of the process. Um, who, who help you along the way. Um, I share a story by credit on the movie with a, a woman named Kendall McKinnon, who is somebody who helped me really shape the structure of it early on. And and my close, dear partner in crime on this film, um, Hilary Sparrow, who is the director of photography, the DP cinematographer, she was so incredible. Jen Isaacson, who was my producing partner and one of my childhood best friends and somebody who lived through a lot of the experiences with this through that this film was loosely inspired by um and you know alex Sachs, who made it happen i mean there were so many times yeah. where there was angels in this movie making yeah, it happen. Yeah, yeah. and um i think that the desire to tell a story and the belief that you have the vision mm -hmm. and that you know exactly what you want it to look like you and and that's a that's a crazy idea yeah <laughs> yeah, like, yeah to yeah, believe yeah, that's yeah. true yeah um and Making a movie is so hard. There's so much that goes into it. Anytime I see a movie, whether it's a tiny short film or a huge budget, and whatever I think about what it is, I am fucking amazed that anybody gets it done. It's yeah. like yeah. there's so yeah. many steps and levels, and I've been working on this movie for six years. Wow. And, um, that includes the writing. Yeah, that yeah. includes the writing. So six years ago, 2012-ish, you were working on the script. Yes. Okay. 2012, yeah, I started working I on I mean, it. to be honest, that feels short when I yeah, think about totally. everything it, that had to get done. Yes. <laughs> yeah, totally. No, and it, and it is. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. and again, it's just, it's remarkable, it's a miracle that, you know, everybody comes can come together to, yeah. to make this happen, and you feel so grateful to have all these people who believe in you and especially in a movie of this size really work for very, very little yeah, for a yeah. very long time. I was going to say, how long were you actually shooting for? How long we shot the this movie in 18 days? Wow. Which is very short. Yeah. yeah. to my radio voice. But, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's yes. that, And that's one of those things I think as a first time director, mm -hmm. you're kind of like, yeah, I can do it. And yeah. also I have to do it because yes. that's the budget because, that we yeah, have yeah, yeah. and I yeah, have yeah. to. And the hope is that you probably never have to do that again <laughs> yeah. because it's really crazy but were there it, any days off we do we, we shot that, six day weeks okay and then you would take one and day then off? you take one day off okay. yeah so, so it was like three weeks yeah, yeah exactly. of shooting yeah. yeah okay um and a lot of i mean some movies it's you do five day weeks sometimes you do six okay. day weeks but um and that was and it was incredible to be on a set and seeing the thing that you've thought about and imagined so many times coming to life and having all of these people there to support you in making it happen was yeah one of the most special and rewarding experiences of my life. Did you cast it yourself? Yes. Because the casting was so good, oh, I thought. Thank you so much. Well, Tannis Vallely was our casting director. but be, So, dude, part of the reason I was working on it for so long was there was a couple of starts and stops, mm -hmm. which oftentimes um, any any indie filmmakers yeah, out there yeah. will be familiar. If any yeah. filmmakers will yeah. be familiar with that, that you think you get funding and you don't, and yeah, it's going to come together, and the mm -hmm. scheduling happens, and then it falls apart. And, and then somebody gets booked on something else. Exactly. And, yeah. So there's a lot yeah. of that. And so I was meeting with... Uh, act actresses for a, mm -hmm. for a long time, which was amazing because now I got to meet with sort of a lot of the of the that actresses is, of a certain age group. Yeah, and now I'm seeing all of them all over the place, That's and it's so cool. cool. Yeah, because yeah. awesome. you sort of feel like you're growing up together a little. Yeah, and yeah it's yeah. just awesome. And um, so that was a, an incredible experience. And I was sort of you know, and the agencies were great about sending over young talent. And you know, Aquafina mm -hmm. was somebody who got sent over, and I watched her videos, and I was like, oh my god, she's amazing. Um, so that process was happening, and then once we sort of 
knew we were actually going to get to go and we went yeah, into pre-production yeah. and we started the casting process of finding um at that point I had already met with all of the the, the leads four main yeah characters. all of the four main characters um and then at that point we started reading other folks but I just I much like fast times mm-hmm. my hope and what I dream about and think will happen is that one day I'll get to look back at this movie and be like oh my god there's all of these Cage. Oscar winners yeah, yeah exactly yeah. like there's there's Austin Abrams and yeah. you know Alex Wolf and Jerry yeah. McKinnon and Catherine Prescott yeah. and um, I just think all of them are so talented, and I thought I thought Catherine Prescott was so good, and I was like, "Who is this woman?" And I, she, I need to, um, like, she must have been already been in so much stuff, and she kind of hasn't really. She's been in some TV shows. So Kat was from um, UK. She was on UK Skins. That's what it was. And yeah. she's she, which and, I never saw. Yeah, but is, I obviously IMDb stalked her. Kat is a proper like is an actor. You know, Brits yeah. often tend to be yeah. like she's her script was so covered in notes and ideas and she was, and it was, and you know, she taught me so much about being a director working with her. She was so good. What were some of your other big takeaways from working on this project? I mean, everything. everything. Yeah, everything. I mean, I, the, what didn't you learn right, exactly. working on this project? The learning curve is so steep on your yeah. first movie, yeah. right? Like you just, the, uh, there was so much that I didn't know. Yeah. And I, my approach was to just kind of own that. that yeah, and to yeah. Be, yeah. And There's to, no other way. Yeah, and to rely on the incredible resources you have. I mean, I feel like as a director, the, I think the reality is no matter how experienced you are, your crew will always be more experienced than you. Yeah, yeah. They will always have worked on more films than you will. Mm-hmm. And so I really tried to just tap that that bank of knowledge. And, and I think um, rehearsal, what, I mean, that seems sort of obvious, but... For me, the time that I got to spend to spend with the four main yeah. actors, not only rehearsing scenes, but just spending time together. Mm-hmm. I think in part the reason why there feels there's a level of of um, there's an organic like intimacy, yeah, yeah. relationship, and 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 ex- the the feeling of the four of them being together was something that I think you could we could only get by actually spending time together. Yeah. So we had so you know a week where we just kind of got to kick it, and we told. Uh, some I and went to an incredible um, high school and something. What's we, the name of the high school in the film? The name of the high school in the film is Pathless Taken. <laughs> it which, was so good. Which has very California. Yeah. Nothing yeah. to do at all with the high school where I actually went. <laughs> which is called what? Crossroads. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard of Crossroads. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, totally. Not to be confused with Britney Spears. Yeah. Yes, yeah. although. Yeah. Me, yeah. Um, but. There was something we did in high school that I also was fortunate enough to do in college where we told our life stories okay. um, in a group of uh, huh. and And that was something that we did a little bit of the four of us together because there is that shorthand that you have with people yeah. who you've spent your life with. And at the end, in the um, graduation speech that Lily gives at the end, she says, you know, those people who you've logged all of those hours with in front of the same TVs and in the yeah. same cars and shitting on the same toilets. Like, it's like mm-hmm. those people who you spend your life with and that's part of that first heartbreak of of leaving high school is those people your whole life is wrapped up in those people oh god i i found that period of time so incredibly devastating and that that separation and i thought you captured that so well just how it just can send you into a total tailspin especially for people like these characters who've grown up there their entire life right and they've known each other their entire life it's totally devastating and it, but it's weird to be like what turning 18 and going off to college is so hard, so hard. Yes. Yes. but it is right well i think that that the the mixture of grief and nostalgia mm, in a yeah. group of young people, those are two 
experiences that you don't normally assign to 18 year olds yeah. because you're like what are you fucking nostalgic right. for like you have your whole life ahead of you and what are you grieving and that that death and I think everybody whether or not it's just the kid you know mm-hmm. who's like the, the all-star who dies in a car accident yeah. or if it's like a, you know a, somebody you're closer with a cousin or yeah. you know and it that first time you experience a young person dying yeah and you have to reckon with your own your own mortality and the fact that you're not invincible mm-hmm. and that you're going to die. There's a, And who's allowed to grieve and exactly. how you're allowed to grieve. And that was really interesting. And that, yeah. I think, is a really bad experience because everybody, because if it's not somebody you're close with yeah. in, in high school, mm-hmm. then everybody's really affected by it, but you don't know what how you're, it's appropriate to be affected right. by it. And you want to be close to it and you're, you're how proximate you are to it kind of gives you more cred in this yeah. weird way. And yeah. it's a really complex thing because you're all young and you're all learning mm-hmm. about death, which yeah. is, and coming to terms with the fact some people better than others, that death is a huge part of life. And yeah. there's a line that got cut from the movie, but it where one where Amelia says, Do people just keep dying? Mm-hmm. And that that react that reckoning with that reality yeah. is so crazy when you're also like, but I just also don't want to be so far away from my friends, you know, yeah. because not to go to the extreme, but in some ways that does feel like its own yeah, death yeah, yeah. Of, a, mm-hmm. of a time and of a moment. And the thing about the last moments of high school or when you're about to leave your friends is it your life truly will never be that way oh, ever again. No, yeah. no. You are going to lose this yeah. time. Yeah. yeah. Your your world will never be that small. Yeah. yeah. You you know, you'll, you'll never you'll, be that carefree. Exactly. Yeah. You'll never be that carefree. You'll never feel like you you understand the world. And and all of this goes with the caveat, which I very much understand that some people really didn't like high school yeah, right. and were super fucking ready to get out yeah, of high yeah, school, yeah, yeah. which is something I so respect. Yeah. Um, and as I feel like a version of this story that we've seen. Yeah. Like, well, that's what I was going to say. I mean, I, that's the story that always gets told about high school, how fucking terrible it is and how much people want to leave. And that's not the experience I had with high school. Well, it is so funny because we're uh, also interviewing an author, Mary H.K. Choi, who wrote a book called Emergency Contact that is that exact, the exact opposite. It's about yeah. a character who really, it starts at the end of high school and she's, and she's so desperate so to get out. Yeah. Yes. Um, and yeah, it's a total opposite. And she knows that like, she's like, my life's going to be so much better when I'm out of this place. Yeah. yeah. Totally. And that's incredibly valid and probably yeah, yeah. more frequent, yeah, you know, yeah. or, but, but, um, that the, the joy that I, that I felt and that I, you know, I know a lot of people felt at being with their crew, their best friends and, and feeling like you did kind of know the lay of the land and, and like yeah. had your world, um, that, that was something that I wanted to see. Yeah, you know, yeah. I, I didn't go to a school where people got shoved in lockers. Yeah. I was yeah. very lucky in that way. Yeah. I know that, yeah. you know, bullying is a huge problem. And I, I mean, I didn't have Instagram or Facebook yeah. or yeah, I didn't yeah. even really text in high school. Yeah. But that, so none of that was around. Totally. But, but I felt like I, I was really lucky in that I felt like I was going to school and surrounded by people who were like really supportive and loving. And it created a really magical experience. And um, that, you know, that's that is what you miss, even if that's didn't not what it felt like. I had somebody watch it who said, I hated high school and this made me feel nostalgic. Oh, really? <laughs> so that's, that's, interesting. Interesting. that's the hope is wow. that it's more it is, yeah. as you were saying, it's more about that slice of life, that mm-hmm. just yeah. that yeah. moment yeah. 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 on the precipice of adulthood. I, we can't let you get out of here without asking a lot of questions about Ocean's 8. Yeah, but I do girl. have one more question about this this movie. Did you know when you were making it that Netflix was buying it? 
No, when no. So when we were making it, um, there was like some people were interested in buying it, and we and then we we just made it, uh-huh. and then as again as many I, independent filmmakers probably know, then you go start the process of like, yeah. well, who's going to buy it, and yeah. are we going to festivals, and yeah. And I'm so grateful that it ended up on Netflix yeah. because you know on midnight on four nineteen, whenever this is airing, you can go <laughs> watch it on Netflix right yeah. now. Um, I think it's like a hundred million people are going to have access to it in like 20 languages. Wow. So that, that is what is, you know, it's, it's so cool to be able to like go to the theater and buy a Mm -hmm. ticket to something. And that's amazing. And I love the movie going experience and popcorn and raisinets. And like, I'm all about that, but it is really, I'm so, I have so much gratitude for what the Netflix platform allows you to do because it's such a different like viral potential. Yeah. Be like, Hey, did you watch this thing? Have you heard of this thing? It's so different. This feels like something that feels right for Netflix. It feels like that kind of a movie for me. I mean, you know, I I saw all these movies that came out when I was this age on VHS. Yeah. Yeah. And and then I watched them like 20 more times on VHS and it just feels right for Netflix. Absolutely. Well, and that's, you know, most our, a lot of our audience, we hope our audience is wide and totally. crosses Everyone. many yeah. demographics. Yeah. But, you know, I don't know how many kids, you know, teenagers are like going to go to the movie Well, that's kind of what I'm thinking. Like, I hate to see this like not reach a ton of people because it didn't do well in the theaters because to me it just, it doesn't need to be, it's not It's not uh, Transformers. You don't have to see it on the big screen. Right. No, no. no. I mean, my, yeah. my monitor on set was sort of the size of a cell phone <laughs> and I was like, well, this is appropriate because this yeah. is probably, probably how, how most people, people are, are going to be watching yeah. this. Yeah, just, totally. I watch a lot of stuff on my phone in bed. Yeah. My husband yeah. hates it, but I love it. So no, so I'm I'm okay. so glad that that I feel so lucky that it ended up uh, with Netflix as its home. Um, okay, so Ocean's Eight. You were working on Ocean's Eight before, after, during. Like, what's the like? What's the timeline so that we can kind of picture? All I this? was working on them both simultaneously. Yeah, this wow. is interesting. Um, this is interesting. I well, the script was ba- was. Basically done for Jude, although like they were still working on it. What's so crazy about Ocean's Eight is that it actually got made with the schedules of these people. I yeah. mean, it is. So tell us who's in it. So Ocean's Eight is Sandra Bullock, Kate mm-hmm. Blanchett, heard of her, heard of her, Helena Bonham Carter, no that big one deal. too, Anne Hathaway, uh huh, Mindy Kaling, know her, Sarah Paulson, mm-hmm. Rihanna, and Aquafina. What? And so Aquafina was in both of these movies yes. too. So the yeah. two of you were just bouncing back <laughs> yes. and forth. Well, this is kind of unrelated, but why do you live in New York and not in LA? I had this question too. And how do you make it work? Uh, I like New York better than LA. Yeah. Um, and you grew up in LA. I grew up in LA. Yeah. So so I I grew up in LA. I love LA. LA mm-hmm. will always be my home. Yeah. Um, I I lived there for a couple of years after school, after college. You know, like did the meetings and the yeah, thing yeah. and um i find i'm more productive in new york yeah and i find the energy of new york suits me more yeah um i my husband and i live here it's yeah. it's amazing he travels a ton for work i travel i go to la a lot yeah, but, yeah, yeah. but oceans you know shot here okay um so that that's was nice that, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. really nice. nice to be able to go home and get in your own bed at night i'm sure um and that but that makes me feel better to know that i was sitting here being like you're spending too much time away <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> like, don't you miss your home I feel better. Thank yes. you for letting oh me know. Oh my god, of course. Okay. No, I All mean, right. but I don't think my husband necessarily is thrilled by the schedule. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's still yeah. a lot of long of course, days. Of course, and, of course, of course, of um, course. But you know that somebody made a joke. They're like, at this rate, you guys will be married for ninety years. You know, it's <laughs> like right. a, we. It does make the time that you're together really special. Right. But I do think that that's you know, it's it's one of the things that's hard about you know wanting to be really present and yeah, and yeah. be involved in these 
projects is that they're you know they're, the time is really demanding. But um, but yeah, it was it was incredible shooting in New York, and we got to explore the city in a crazy way, and it was very nice to come home to yeah. my bed at night. But I think that that LA is if if I if you didn't grow up there, I if I hadn't grown up there, I would imagine I would want to live there. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, 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 um, yeah, yeah. I think part of it is there's a there's an odd sort of sadness mm-hmm. to, about it for me. Yeah. Um, I, you know, things are different than when you were a kid. Yes. And, um, and I think that there's... There's a, that, like, that loss that comes yeah, with that. There's yeah, there's a little bit of that loss, and and it also feels very work-oriented mm-hmm. now, you know, which is nice, but <laughs> it's not necessarily the place I'm like, want to go home to. All of my friends in LA and my family are like, you're a fucking bitch, and like, you better <laughs> move back to fucking LA. So where do you go from here? What are you excited to work on next? Oh what are your gosh. dream projects? What's up? What's up? I'm working... Um, Right now, I'm working on a project called Queen and Country. Um, oh, that is a what a great name! Yeah. It is a very great yeah. name. It's based on a graphic novel by a guy named Greg Ruka, Rucka, cool. and he's a super badass and really smart and amazing. And um, it's about a female MI6 agent. Oh, cool! It's really badass. Um, her name's Tara Chase. She's uh, one of the best characters I've ever been lucky enough to spend time with. Um, and so there is a director's potentially interested in doing it so we'll by the time this comes out we'll see what has happened but my gosh um that's really fun it's so fun to get to write action and um this movie is really steeped in the kind of bureaucracy of um geopolitical spycraft which is really cool and um i'm working on a project about a woman named um claire booth loose with a writing partner of mine ariel doctoroff um, cool. Claire Booth Luce was uh, this Renaissance woman of the 20th century. She was managing editor of Vanity Fair. She wrote yeah. the play The Women. She was a congresswoman from Connecticut, an ambassador from Italy. She covered that's a the lot war. of jobs. It's a lot of jobs. It's and that's not even half of what this bitch did. <laughs> like it's crazy. Um, and we don't know who she is. We don't tell her story. Yeah. And I think that's often because we well, don't. she's a woman. She's a woman. Who, and who would care? Who cares? <laughs> what happened? Who could to relate? Her? We don't know. <laughs> Um, people gave a lot of shit to Claire Booth Luce yeah. Yeah. Um, because they, they thought that she thought she was better than they were. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that may have been true, but I think it was also because But she, she, it was also probably true that she was better than them. Yeah, <laughs> and I think that she also, um, she was a woman who dared to do more than one thing and yeah. be good yeah, at more yeah, than yeah, one yeah. thing. And, and she, people don't like that. People tend to like women who are in a good box. Like, yeah. are you fighting for women's rights? Chill. We can get behind that. Did you do one thing? Yeah. Awesome. Were you married to somebody really famous? Who? Claire Booth Luce happened to be married to yeah. somebody really okay. famous. Henry Luce, and we remember him. But we we tend to like our, our women's uh, stories neat. Mm. Um, and Very tidy. Tidy and Same simple. thing with Lily and Dude. Yep. Yeah. And Same it all thing. comes full circle. Same thing. <laughs> Yeah, um, Olivia, this was amazing. Oh Everybody, I know. watch Dude on Netflix. Woo, so it's good. so so good. And go see Ocean's Eight. Oh yeah. my god, when is June eighth? June eighth. That's soon. Yeah. Really soon. Oh my god, it's really oh exciting. Gosh. Um, okay, that's the show. You can listen to us wherever podcasts are found, like Stitcher, iTunes, and now Spotify. Follow us at Of a Kind on Instagram and Twitter, and like our Facebook page too. If you have ideas or requests, email them. A few things at ofakind.com. To advertise, which you should definitely do, email us at advertisingofakind.com. Our intro music, Butterfield East, is written and performed by the Soulful Saints. Our audio editing is courtesy of Liz Smith, and we record at Showbriz Studios in the East Village, a.k.a. Alex's Alex's house. (laughs) (laughs) I'm really struggling with intros and conclusions today. (laughs) 
So many of you guys write in and ask about our theme song. It is called Butterfield East, and it is composed and performed by the Soulful Saints. You can check them out over at DallaRecords.com. That was a HeadGum Podcast.